Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? What's up, you beautiful savages? This is Clint Russell, your host of Liberty Lockdown. Has anybody told you that they loved you today? Goodness gracious, do I love you guys. We're going to cover a lot of dark shit. So I just wanted to make sure that you felt loved and embraced before we delved into the deepest, darkest abyss of uh, our cultural decay and governmental and civilizational. All right. Well, first thing I wanted to cover with you guys was the new CEO hire uh, of Twitter by Elon Musk. And it is very disappointing to put it mildly as someone who has obviously spent a lot of the past three years of their life uh, growing their account over on Twitter, even through the harshest uh, censorship regime. It is, it had been improving dramatically. I've known dozens of people that have gotten their accounts back. Uh, I've been able to speak much more freely without fear of losing my account for the most minor of indiscretions. And it appears that all of that progress may be lost. Now, I don't want to be too much of a doomer. There are some compelling compelling arguments as to why this is transpiring, and I'll get into that. But before I do, let's go ahead and check out this uh, interaction between Elon and her. I think it was a couple years ago. Um, <laughs> very, very, very uh, concerning to put it mildly. Here we go. So you've got a massive platform. You have a vision that is a spectrum of just daily open sourced conversation and and they can conduct their lives, their business, their commerce, whatever they can do on your platform. That's a pretty big vision. But but in the middle should be um, advertising opportunity. That sounds like a great opportunity. I can talk about my brand. I can get my customers to communicate and then they could also buy stuff. Sounds yes. pretty good, right? You'll be able to buy things just directly on Twitter. One click, boom, done. But they It's not too bad yet. It gets it gets there though. You'll see what I'm saying. Need to feel that there is a an opportunity for them to influence what you're building. That vision, what we're doing here, whether it's me trying to push and prod you uh, on your tweets. Um, for example, you've said uh, you probably shouldn't tweet after 3 a.m. Well, I've got probably good into, advice for all of us. I've gotten myself into trouble a few times. Um, I'm I'm very aware of those. Um, so after 3 a.m., you travel all over the world. Lord knows how you handle time zones in space. Will you commit to be a little more uh, specific and not tweet after 3 a.m.? People in this room would would like to see that. See the uh, appeal to the majority there? The people in this room, keeping in mind, this is a conference with a bunch of marketing execs. And uh, she's trying to put the pressure on him to bend the knee to this audience. And for those that aren't familiar with her, her name is, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's uh, Linda Yaccarino. She was the, the head of NBC Universal. And apparently she just stepped down from that position uh, today so that she could take the CEO spot at Twitter. Um, We'll make them feel more confident. I will aspire to to tweet uh, less after 3 a.m. But I mean, it it is important that, you know, I mean, if I were to say, yes, you can influence me, that would be wrong. That would be very wrong. 
Because Let me, that would be a diminishment of freedom of speech. But I want to be specific about influencing. It's more of an open feedback loop for the advertising experts in this room to help develop Twitter into a place where they will be excited about investing more money, product development, yeah. ad safety, sure. content moderation. Boom. The truth comes out. Ad safety and content moderation. The two things that I actually just read uh, earlier this morning that over 600 of the top 1,000 advertisers that had been advertising on Twitter prior to Elon's acquisition had stopped. That was as of January of 2023. So the advertisers had fled to the exits. As a heavy Twitter user, I know many in my audience don't use Twitter, so let me explain. There has been these allegations that hate speech and all sorts of racism and homophobia and all this stuff has skyrocketed ever since he took over. I rock with a lot of people that would be, you know, pushing that limit. And I'm telling you, I don't see it. I don't see it at all. I haven't seen an increase in hate speech. I think it's total nonsense. Uh, and I think that it is basically just a, uh, an ever shifting movement of the Overton window of acceptable speech that's so absurd that basically saying anything that's not 100% corporate politically correct is now hate speech. And I think that it's really just about pressuring Elon because he kicked the CIA and the FBI out of his offices. You know, basically said, hey, we're not doing this anymore. We're not going to have you guys dictating our terms of service. We're not going to have you dictating what we censor and what we shadow ban and deplatform, right? I mean, that's really what this is about. The advertisers aren't all that concerned, but the, the underlying pressure is ESG. We'll get into that in a second. That's what the influence is. Yeah, I think um, it's totally cool to say that you want to have your advertising appear in certain places in Twitter and not in other places. But it is not cool to, 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 to try to say what Twitter will do. Bingo. There you go. If you want to advertise and if you want to say what, you know, what type of tweets your advertisement might pop up under, I think that's totally reasonable. And if you don't want to advertise, that's also totally reasonable. But it isn't reasonable to dictate what the platform will have on it broadly. I mean, we're not talking about child porn or something crazy. We're talking about language that the most pussified amongst us has decided must be deplatformed and banned. That's what we're talking about in reality. It's ridiculous. And if that means losing advertising dollars, we lose it. But freedom of speech is paramount. Gangster. This is the Elon that I grew to love. This is the Elon that gave me a little bit of hope <laughs> that that perhaps the future of social media might be one of open dialogue or at least more open dialogue than the trajectory that we were on. And he's sitting there talking to a woman who, not long after this sit-down, ends up hiring her to be CEO. Mystifying. So Twitter 1.0 had a uh, very well-populated, much-loved influence council. I know I don't 
I, I think we need to change the name. Elon does not want to be influenced. Do you hear how condescending she is? I think we need to change the name. We don't want to have an influence council because, you know, Elon doesn't want to be influenced. She even turns to the audience and, like, basically degrades him. She's awful. AWFL. Affluent, white female liberal. I mean, she's awful. And it's so evident what she's doing here, right? Is there any mystery? She works for the advertisers. The advertisers are driven by ESG. ESG is driven by the governments and the central banks and the United Nations. Connect the dots, okay? Pretty simple. But it was well. really a recurring feedback loop from your key stakeholders, your advertisers, where they had recurring access or would have recurring access to you. Notice that she said stakeholders, stakeholder capitalism, World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab. That's where that language originated. Stakeholder capitalism is from the United Nations, the 2004 push up to the 2010-12 arena with World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab. Stakeholder capitalism is the core of ESG. She is referring to their advertisers as stakeholders. That is wrong. You have shareholders and nothing else. You have shareholders and customers. Shareholders and customers. Now, the advertisers may be your customer, but they aren't your stakeholder. And when you hear that language, alarm bells should go off in your head. Would you commit from this stage today to reinstate that council to be named later? Well, I don't think it should be influence council. That, and you have to say, I, I would be wary of that creating a backlash among the public because the public thinks that, that you know their their views are being determined by you know a, a, a small number of CMOs in America. They will be like, I think upset about that. Correct, Elon. <laughs> Why did you hire her? Um, but feedback, I think, is appropriate. Well, I gave you plenty of feedback, and you're getting a ton of feedback today. I want you guys to also note that she said, would you commit? Would you commit to re-implementing, you know, the whatever, advisory board? Well, a primary driving factor, allegedly, behind Elon acquiring Twitter was to do away with the censorship apparatus and the spying apparatus. Why would why would she have the goal to try and pressure him into committing to bringing back that that which he acquired Twitter to do away with? I'm disappointed honestly. I'm disappointed that Elon didn't just tell her to shove it. Like what are you talking about? The, uh, the Twitter itself was hemorrhaging money. It wasn't turning a profit. It hadn't turned a profit in many, many years. So this whole argument that like, no, 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 we have to do whatever the advertisers say. Your business was failing. He should have never bought it, to be honest. I'm still grateful that he did, but he shouldn't have because it was a terrible investment. But now he's bought it and he brings in a lady like this to replace the old regime to go back to Twitter 1.0. No, don't turn around, Elon. <laughs> what we need more than anything is to have a social media platform that allows for open dialogue. Just so that we can actually speak to one another. So we can actually progress in terms of conversation with our opposing, uh, you know, ideological people 
or tribes. If you go this direction, this woman will work tirelessly to undermine and ultimately supplant you in the dictating of terms of service and censorship. Mark my words. She is not the type to get in there and then just do whatever you say. You can tell just from that two minute interview between the two of you. She is absolutely confident in what she does. And the reason that she was brought on uh, to give, to steel man the argument to hiring someone like Linda Yaccarino. The reason that they are in trouble is that the main thing Elon was attempting to do because they were bleeding money was to migrate towards a subscription model. And the reason that they needed that is because the advertisers, he knew if they didn't have safe spaces for advertising, that he would lose a lot of them. And also if he was going to be undermining the FBI and CIA spying operations, he would probably be put under advertiser pressure through ESG as well, I'm sure. And he was. So he realizes that he's going to have to make up for that revenue loss, right? So he starts Twitter blue and the pitch that he makes to get people interested and to get people to sign up, me being one of those people, is that I want to get away from advertiser control. And as you guys know, because of what I've talked about for years now with ESG is I wanted him to get away from advertiser control because I understand as well as you guys do that Fortune 500 companies, which are the primary advertisers on big social media platforms, are all run under ESG with diversity and equity and inclusion, uh, hiring practices and advertising practices and everything else. So if you're going to have a social media platform that doesn't have harsh censorship, you're going to have ads pulled from these companies. Look at Tucker Carlson. Look what happened to him. He had my pillow guy was like his primary advertiser for years now. That's not an accident, folks. He had 4 million viewers on average. Maybe it was 3.8 or something like that. It was a lot. It was by far more than twice the next competing news channel in that time slot. By far, he was the most successful. The only thing that was out competing him was the NBA playoffs for the love of God. That's how successful Tucker Carlson was. And they couldn't get advertiser revenue for that show. Think about what that means. That you are the most successful nightly news program and you can't get anyone other than a dude who shills pillows to advertise with you? Do you think that's organic? Does that make any sense at all? No, of course it doesn't. Now, is every company totally woke? No, not every company. There are other companies out there. There's not a lot, as you can tell. There's other companies that want to advertise with, you know, unpopular platforms. I mean, they're, they're popular platforms. Obviously, Tucker was po popular. Twitter is popular. They have millions and millions and millions of users and viewers. And that's not really what it's about, though. It's not about advertising to eyeballs. It's about, do you bend the knee to the offals? Will you? Because if you won't, well, then we're going to rug pull you. That's what they did to Fox News and Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson was fired in large part because of that. Again, not an accident. This is, this is how they get around any sort of direct censorship apparatus. And by they, I mean the government, really. 
That's what this is at the end of the day. Yes, it's finance and yes, it's it's Marxism in schools and there's all these other underlying or contributing factors. But the the root, the inception point for the wokeification of our global economy ultimately stems from government pressure. That's really where this comes from. The United Nations is just an amalgamation of the biggest governments on earth. Where did ESG come from? It came from the United Nations. Sustainable Development Goals is the next iteration of ESG. ESG became SDG. All of this stuff is a product of very utopian from their vantage point, dystopian from ours, uh, you know, dictating what the global economy and what culture and civilization and transport and everything else will look like. That's what they're doing. So I'm sad. <laughs> I'm bummed out. I'm bummed out that he would he would go this route. But the to as I was going to say, I was going to steel man his argument. So the steel man is because they've lost over 60% of their big advertisers over the past year is that Linda Yaccarino knows how to speak to these people. And by knows how to speak to them, she speaks woke, right? <laughs> That's what she does. She talks about inclusive environment and da, 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 all that, all this nonsense. That's what she's there for. She's there to make them feel comfortable. And if he's able to cordon her off and just have her responsible for negotiating ads and nothing else, then it, it might be able to work. But as I've said, these types of people, they just simply don't function that way. They are true believers. They're narcissists. They're sociopaths, usually. And they're going to try and weasel their way into setting terms of service and and dictating what type of content's allowed to be put on there. Keeping in mind, just three days ago, it was announced that Tucker Carlson was going to be taking his show and just airing it exclusively on Twitter, for the love of God. That was the plan. Do you think that Linda Yaccarino wants to see Tucker Carlson on there when she's trying to rebuild the bridge to all of the woke corporations on the you know in America? or globally, since it's a global platform. Of course she doesn't. She is going to be pressuring to see people like him suppressed because that's what the advertisers are going to want, whether she believes in it truly or not. That's what that's how the system works. So this is a big problem. And I've seen a lot of people in the libertarian and conservative circles that are trying to say, ah, uh, you know, maybe she's evolved. I'm sorry, I don't think so. I don't think people like this evolve. They are at their highest level of evolution. She has worked her way up the corporate ladder to being one of the most powerful women in corporate America by learning how to speak woke better than anybody. And you can't do that successfully for decades unless you ultimately imbibe of that sweet, sweet elixir. That Marxist, identitarian, divide us all by our immutable characteristics elixir. It's not healthy. It's not productive, and ultimately, I believe it'll be to the detriment of Twitter. And let's pray that Elon realizes the error of his ways and fires her as soon as possible. Quick reminder, when I do live interviews, you guys can actually message me on Converso on my phone. Seriously, 555-175-8394. Just go to Apple or Android and download the Converso app. That's C-O-N-V-E-R-S-O. In my opinion, it's the best uh, privacy messaging app out there. I am very unimpressed with Signal and these others, which I've read a lot of 
horror stories about uh, censorship. In fact, there's a big story that's allegedly breaking next week where maybe Tucker Carlson was having, you know, those leaks that came out about Tucker. It's a rumor at this point, so do not quote me on this. But I heard through the grapevine that perhaps Tucker's communications were hacked by our government through Signal. Signal, which is allegedly one of the most private apps out there. So that tells you everything you need to know, which is why I love Converso. Again, Converso 555-175-8394. Let's get back into the show. I forgot to mention that Miss Yakarino is a World Economic Forum, Forum chair. So she is way, way entrenched in that. That's why she speaks how she does. This is why she has risen to such a high level of power. Ugh awful it's just absolutely awful news all right let's uh let's do some more cheerful stuff um i'm sure you guys are curious to hear what my take is on the uh donald trump town hall i'm not going to show you a ton of clips from the actual town hall because ultimately i think most people have already seen highlights and stuff because it's been a couple days now but instead i'm going to show you the meltdowns <laughs> the meltdowns from from liberals air quotes that uh are furious that Donald Trump would ever be allowed to speak to a large audience like the one on CNN. Ugh, these people are so illiberal. Makes me so mad. Um, let's show a couple couple clips from the actual town hall, though, first. Yeah, three hours, over 140 officers were injured that day. And a person named Ashley Babbitt was killed. Yes. You know what? She was killed, and she shouldn't have been killed. And that thug that killed her, there was no reason to shoot her at blank range cold blank range they shot her and she was a good person she was a patriot One there was no was reason there. To, there was no reason and he went on television to brag about the fact that he killed her that the officer was not bragging about the fact that he oh, killed he her but bragging. one person who was at the another one. i just wanted to give donald trump donald trump a quick shout out for that one because i think it's it's tragic that you can't get any politicians to speak her name, to speak out on behalf of Ashley Babbitt and the fact that, in my estimation, she was, I don't even know if I'm allowed to legally say it, so I won't, but her life was taken unjustly. Let's put it that way. Um, man, crazy. So I was, I was appreciative of that one. And then we also have another quick highlight from him. Do you want Ukraine to win this war? Uh, I don't think in terms of winning and losing. I think in terms of getting it settled so we stop killing all these people and breaking down this, this country. Uh, what do you, can I just follow up on that? You said you don't think you in terms of winning and losing. Mr. just follow up on that because that's a really no, important excuse me, let me just follow just up. There. Can you say if you want Ukraine or Russia to win this war? I want everybody to stop dying. They're dying, Russians and Ukrainians. I want them to stop dying. And I'll have that done. I'll have that done in 24 hours. I'll have it done. You need the power of the presidency to do it. But you but, won't say that you want Ukraine to win. You, you know what I'll you say? In, I'll say this. Office. I want Europe to put up more money because they're in for 20 billion. We're in for 170. And they should an be, and they should, should the equalize. War. They have plenty of money. They should equalize. I got with NATO. When I sat down, I got them right to now, put up Mr. hundreds President. of billions of absolutely. I think it's fascinating that the CNN journal is like, it's just, it's just so obvious at this point that there is only 
like the libertarians are truly anti-war. Some conservatives are, and then like no Democrats, no Democrat voters uh, are at this point anti-war. And it's sad. It's incredibly sad. I can't even believe it. I can't believe how far they've fallen that he's sitting up there going like, I just want to see this war end, which as a libertarian and a you know, fierce anti-war person, like it's so heartening to have a former president that's saying, you know, yeah, man, like this is just tragic, you know, whether it's lip service or not. I think it's sincere. I think he wants to see that war end. Um, you guys can disagree. That's fine. <laughs> I'm sure many of you will. Uh, but I do think he's sincere in that because he has been, he has been pretty consistent with, you know, wanting to have as little war as possible. And her entire retort, her response is, but you're not willing to say that you want to see Ukraine win? Which, from my perspective, as I've said a dozen times, couldn't care less. I want to see people stop dying. And I think that that is the true anti-war perspective. It's not about who wins or loses. It's about preventing war and then ending wars if they begin unjustly and tragically. So. Thank you, former President Trump, for speaking that obvious truth, that it is absolutely awful what's happening to both the Ukrainian and Russian young men and women. I'm sure there's some women um, that are being killed unnecessarily to decide which corrupt government gets to rule over eastern Ukraine. It's stupid. It's nonsensical. And the fact that you have CNN people, I, I watched the, the Post town hall, and I'm telling you guys, it is unbelievable how, like, they just, their heads were spinning that he wouldn't say, I want to see Ukraine win. It's like, what? since when do we give a fuck about the borders of Ukraine or any other nation for that matter? It's just such a lie. We've invaded how many countries? I mean, we, U.S. government, military. It's just fucking fraudulent. These people are so full of shit. It drives me crazy. It absolutely drives me crazy. But just to see the left or the alleged left, the corporate left, I know there's real leftists out there. Don't yell at me. Um, but man, these people are so fraudulent and so bloodthirsty. I'm telling you guys that like it was two hours. I just had it on the background. Two hours of them just furious that the conservatives are no longer war hawks. They were praising... Chris Christie, the human buffet destroyer. <laughs> they were praising him because he was like, he's like, Donald Trump should just pull out of the race. This man doesn't want to defend Ukraine until World War III. Well, he's just not qualified for the position. And they're just like, God bless him. God bless that chunky bastard. Oh, I love him. Blood of gravy. That's where we're at. The Uniparty consists of warmongering, psychopaths and then you have the dissident right the thomas masseys of the world and apparently donald trump to, to a lesser extent obviously um and then a handful of good leftists a handful there's so few people that are actually anti-war in our government at this point and that's why i'm an abolitionist now let's get into the meltdowns why don't we we got uh joe scarborough talking to some other gaunt monster it was just, it was a disgraceful uh, performance. Yes. Um, yes. I'm, I'm constantly telling people not to catastrophize over Trump, that he's actually going to lose <clears throat> because 
he keeps drilling down deeper and deeper into his base. Um, but it is, it is, uh, I, I can't believe I'm, I'm, I'm going to use catastrophizing language here. Uh, but it was, it was just, it was disgraceful on every level. Every level. Wow. It showed, uh, <laughs> I, won't, I wouldn't say it's dangerous for democracy because we passed that a long time ago. But it showed the corrosive <laughs> effects of Trumpism over eight years. And I've got to say, I, I, is it, he's like about to cry. This is so crazy. The most shocking part was an audience who cheered on a president who tried to overturn American democracy. An audience that mocked and ridiculed a woman uh, who a jury of her peers, Donald Trump's peers, found had been sexually assaulted. Those Americans there last night turned that into a punchline, laughed and dismissed cops getting the shit kicked out of them on January the 6th. Do you have a problem with the CNN host who totally dismissed the fact that Ashley Babbitt was killed in cold blood, point blank, as Donald Trump said, or blank? I don't know why he said that over and over. Uh, does he have any problem with any of that? No, of course not. And is it really a you know a product of eight years of Trumpism, or is it a product of the American people waking up to the corruption that you perpetuate? I think it might be the latter, Joe. Eaten up over and over again, calling a cop a thug mm. who actually was trying to stop people from the house floor from being killed shot an unarmed woman in the neck point blank okay yeah just trying to do his job we found one cop that's defensible from these people incredible um i could go i just could go on and on basically Please saying don't. he would turn over uh ukraine to vladimir putin and it just it was on uh, john mitchell on every that. front you could go piece by piece by piece to talk about how breathtakingly dangerous what we saw was last night. This this virus of lies that's been loosened on the American people. Um, but what we saw last night was it was a propagandist. Uh, and it was a propagandist spewing lies repeatedly over and over and over and over and over again. And an audience, an American audience, lapping it up. This isn't Putin's Russia. This is Trump's slice of America. And what I saw last night, at least, was as chilling as anything I've seen on television since January the 6th. Good God. He doesn't want to catastrophize, though. <laughs> I mean, so over the top. It's unbelievable. Now, keep in mind. The fact-checking that he's describing when he says, ah, oh, just a propaganda, it's just a live fest. Everything Trump said was a lie. It was ah, ah, so frustrating. He's such a liar. Keeping in mind, it's corporate fucking news guy who's saying, I'm, I can't handle all of, the, all of these lies. Your fucking job is to lie to us, bro. And we're on to you. Yeah, the gig's up. Or the jig. I don't know how you say it. Um, man. Unbelievable. And the fact-checking that they did, because I told you guys, I watched the uh, the post-show. They said, and I shit you not, no exaggeration whatsoever. They said, according to FBI officials, 
Trump never uh, ordered extra troops to the Capitol, blah, 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 blah. Which, by the way, uh, Byron Donalds is sitting there and he says, that's not true. We have testimony uh, during the J6 hearings that I sat in on where there are people within the government that testified to the fact that Donald Trump ordered uh, additional National Guard or whatever troops to the Capitol for J6. And Pelosi or whoever said, we don't need them. That's his take. I don't know if it's true either. But my point is, fucking CNN sitting there going, Donald Trump's lying because the FBI says otherwise. That's where we're at. Where news channels don't do any of their own research whatsoever, aside from reading talking points from the fucking FBI. That's where we're at. That is state media. There is no journalism occurring there. That is a talking head for the fucking government, straight up. And they're able to sit there and say, a former president is lying more than anything they've ever seen in their lives because it's contrary to what the FBI has to say. The FBI, one of the most corrupt organizations in history, certainly the most corrupt in America in my lifetime. Holy hell. Holy hell. This is so crazy. All right, one more meltdown and then we'll move on. This is, uh, I think his name is John Wilson. He's the founder of the Lincoln Project. And he is absolutely flipping out. Presidential uh, town hall with CNN, Caitlin Collins. And whatever the fuck they thought they were going to get <laughs> out of this, they instead have set a match to democracy once again. You are letting an insane person stand there and make people giggle and laugh when he jokes about rape. You make people giggle and laugh when he jokes about abortion, when he calls an African-American police officer a thug. This insanity should be pulled off the fucking air. Chris Lick, you should be ashamed of yourself. This is astoundingly bad for the brand of CNN. It's astoundingly bad for the country. And it's astoundingly bad, honestly, folks, for every other Republican candidate in the primaries. Wrap that shit up. It's done. You saw this tonight. You know you can't beat him on the stage. Everybody else, oars up. Time to go to work because he's going to be the nominee. This shit is unfucking believable. I've never seen anything like it. It is a disaster of the highest fucking degree. Thanks, John. Uh, God, these people are so unhinged. Uh, just keep in mind, this is just because they let a former sitting president and the leading candidate in the GOP, one of the duopoly candidates, speak in a town hall on TV and it's full level 11 meltdown. Do you understand how much these people hate open dialogue? They hate it with every fiber of their being. They fact check and they say, oh, it's lies and it's deception. It's all that. Look, some of the shit Trump said was untrue, undoubtedly. But the reality is politicians have been lying for fucking ever, forever. Trump is not new in that regard by any stretch of the imagination. So don't let, don't buy this unbelievable, unmitigated lie that they're, con they're concerned with the truth. No, they are concerned with you being lied to by someone other than them. That's the reality. They don't want you to hear any other narrative. They want to be able to set the narrative and they get fucking heated when they can't do that.
because that's what their actual jobs are. Good God. All right. So AOC has a total meltdown. Reading one of her tweets says CNN should be ashamed of themselves. They have lost total control of this town hall to again be manipulated into platforming election disinformation, defense of January 6th, and a public attack on a sexual abuse victim. The audience is cheering him on and laughing at the host. 100,000 likes on 10.8 million impressions for that. Will Bunch says, I expected the nonstop firehose of lies at Trump's CNN town hall, but here's what surprised and gutted me. The applause, the punchline laughs. Trump is now a Johnny Carson for a delusional, enraged America I don't even recognize. So straight, bro. Robert Reich says, David Zaslov, who runs CNN's parent company, defended the network's decision to host Trump, saying all voices should be heard on CNN. All voices, including a twice-impeached insurrectionist serial sexual abuser who does nothing but spew disinformation and conspiracies? Yeah, that would be all voices, Robert! That's how free speech works, you fucking dwarf. You communist dwarf. If we can't speak, then it's not free speech, dude. You socialist piece of shit. You economist. God, I hate these people. But I still don't want them silenced. I don't. That's the remarkable thing about people who value freedom and truth is that we believe in the battlefield of ideas. We will dominate you people. We will just crumple you up and dismantle you. Because you can't fuck with us when it comes to reality because you function in an alternate one. You function in a, in a reality that is so fictional, it's insane. It's insane. That's where you guys live. You think I do. You think I do. I know. But you're wrong. Y'all do. <laughs> Y'all have drank your own corporate Kool-Aid for so long, you actually think that your lies are reality. But the American people have woken up. We cannot be gaslit any longer. Nope. Nope. You said, we have to stop these conspiracy theorists from questioning the efficacy of masking or prevent them from questioning the safety and effectiveness of the thing, right? We have to stop them from questioning whether or not lockdowns are a reasonable measure for an airborne respiratory virus. How did my claims match up against yours in hindsight? Pretty well. So please, drop the feigned moral authority and stop trying to suppress the speech of people that you claim are misinformation or disinformation agents. We have demonstrated empirically, factually, that we, the dissident whatever I am, my people, the fucking savages listening to this right now, we are actually the ones that are in pursuit of truth and the ones perpetuating it on top of that. And our primary job is to counter your lies. So I'm not, I'm not allowing you guys to pretend as if you have the moral authority, even if it were, weren't, even if it weren't just an evil thing to do to try and suppress speech, you're actually trying to suppress the truth, which makes it way, way worse.
So on two fronts, you're evil. You want to suppress speech, evil number one. You want to suppress the truth, evil number two. Ooh, but they want to defend democracy, right? They want to defend democracy by not letting the leading competing candidate for the presidency speak to his constituents in a town hall on national news. They value democracy, though, right? They couldn't give a fuck less about democracy. How clear could it be? They don't care. They don't want you to have a say. But yet Vivek Ramaswamy comes out this week and he says, I want to raise the uh, uh, voting age to 25. And CNN has a meltdown. They go, you can't disenfranchise the 18 to 25-year-olds. Now, if 18 to 25-year-olds were voting Republican, would they be concerned with disenfranchising those people? The fuck? No, they wouldn't. They'd be thrilled. They'd be the ones that are pushing it. They want to, they want to expand the Supreme Court as soon as it has a conservative majority. It's about power, not principle. They have only one principle, and it's power. Got it? That's what their actual modus operandi is. It's accumulation and galvanization of their power. That's really what they're about. And this is why I'm so concerned about Linda Yaccarino, World Economic Forum chair, because they will do anything to get back into Twitter's, whatever it's called, back end, so that they can continue to suppress people like me and you. They can't have a social media platform that has the amount of influence that Twitter does that allows us to actually tell the truth. It is devastating to their narrative. We have made so much progress in dismantling the COVID hysteria lies and the lockdown lies in real time because of all of the people in our community. And they want that crushed. They hate it. But we need it. We need it desperately. Last one. Last one. I got to do it. Anderson Cooper. Uh. Many of you have expressed deep anger and disappointment. Many of you are upset that someone who attempted to destroy our democracy was invited to sit on a stage in front of a crowd of Republican voters to answer questions and predictably continued to spew lie after lie after lie. And many of you are upset that we allowed another political candidate, as opposed to the chosen one, Joe Biden, to have any say whatsoever in our American political discourse. And we, and you know, ultimately we understand your concerns. Like, what the fuck is this? And I get it. It was disturbing. It was disturbing to see and hear that person refer to a black law enforcement officer as a thug, an adjective he used many times to describe black men and call Caitlin Collins, the moderator, nasty, which is what he calls any woman who stands up to him. It was disturbing to hear him speak so highly of QAnon conspirators and insurrectionists who assaulted police officers in our democracy on January 6th. You can actually assault democracy. I don't, know, I don't know if you guys were aware of that. But this nebulous conceptual framework, you can physically assault it. I wish that were true. And it was awful to hear him spread ridiculous lies about the election. And it was certainly disturbing to hear that audience, young and old, our fellow citizens, people who love their kids and go to church, laugh and applaud his lies and his continued defamation of a woman who, according to a jury of his peers, he sexually abused and defamed. As good a job as... In a civil trial, not criminal, mind you. 
Caitlin Collins did, trying to fact check him, it is impossible to fact check fully because he lies so shamelessly. <laughs> now, many of you... He, he is almost 180 degrees counter to our FBI talking points. This is, it's just unbelievable how much he lies. I think CNN shouldn't have given him any platform to speak. And I understand the anger about that, giving him the audience, the time. I get that. But this is what I also get. The man you were so disturbed to see and hear from last night, that man is the front runner for the Republican nomination for president. Correct. And according to polling, no other Republican is even close. That man you were so upset to hear from last night, he may be president of the United States in less than two years. Think about how crazy it is that they're talking to their audience like this. Yeah, we're just, we have to like really reach into the hearts and minds of our audience and let them know how, you know, we understand how fragile you motherfuckers are. <laughs> I mean, that's what he's saying. It's unbelievable. They like they have absolutely broken these people's minds that they can't even hear the opposition. Like, imagine if Fox News had had AOC on for a town hall. Do you think that the next day Fox News would be like, we understand that you're very disturbed by the fact that we would host someone who just spews communist lies like AOC, but she is the front runner for the presidency in 2030. You'd be like, what the fuck are we doing? We're adults. Let these idiots lie and deceive and do what they do. It's our job to decide if we want these monsters to rule over us. As you guys know, I'd rather none of them do. And that audience that upset you, that's a sampling of about half the country. They are your family members, your neighbors, and they are voting. And many said they're voting for him. Now, maybe you haven't been paying attention to him since he left office. Maybe you've been enjoying not hearing from him, <laughs> thinking it can't happen again. Some investigation is going to stop him. Well, it hasn't so far. So if last night showed anything, it showed it can happen again. It is happening again. <laughs> he hasn't changed, and he is running hard. You have every right to be outraged today and angry and never watch this network again. But do you think <laughs> staying in your silo and only listening to people you agree with is going to make that person go away? <laughs> you guys want the silo, though. It's so weird because he's like... He's going like, do you guys really want us to not have him speak? Because we really need the ratings because we're right on the cusp of bankruptcy, if we're being totally honest. And for years, we actually would cut away from his press conferences because we were doing what we were told by the government. But now we're so close to bankruptcy, we're actually going to allow him to speak because we need that sweet, sweet ad revenue. And we need those eyeballs to get the ad revenue, folks. I mean, it's so fucking transparent. None of these people actually believe in actually like allowing the other side to speak out. He's apologizing to his audience for a town hall for the leading one of the top two leading candidates for the next presidency. Apologizing to your audience. I'm, I, maybe I'm harping on this too much, but it's just mind blowing to me. It really is. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, before I get out of here, I wanted to mention that I want you guys to be pestering both Vivek Ramaswamy, as well as Patrick Bet-David. So many of you were so nice. Uh, PBD said, yo, who do you want to see on the show? And dozens of you replied, Liberty Lockpod, Liberty Lockpod, Liberty Lockpod. Awesome. He didn't, he didn't hit me up. So, and as you guys know, uh, Dave Smith has already recommended me to him. Lots of people are telling him to, but I, you know, I probably just don't have a big enough audience and draw to, you know, get his attention. But I feel like if you guys continue to apply the pressure, I live in Miami, for God's sakes. Homeboy's in Fort Lauderdale. We're 20 minutes away from one another. I want to do his in-studio before I move to Virginia and start working for Tim Pool. Please make it happen. Keep bugging him, okay?
Uh, last but not least, if you want to support the work, go to toplops.com, pick up a Liberty Lockdown shirt. There you go. Uh, there's a ton of great designs over there. Dude's a genius. And uh, last but not least, if you want to support my work, go to libertylockdown.locals.com and sign up to become a supporting member where you can give me a couple bucks a month so that I can, you know, help grow the show. Love you guys. Right here. Peace. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go?